Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So coming up in a couple of minutes, as you've come to expect on a Friday, we'll talk to Dog Nation recruiting insider Jeff Centel. And as you've also probably come to expect in recent weeks, a portion of that conversation going to center around five-star quarterback Dylan Riola. A lot of chatter about Riola as of late. Visited Georgia last weekend. There is reporting out there about an official visit coming up in what I guess a couple of months here so there's a lot of Riola news that's out there Jeff Sintel will kind of give us the full details on all of this coming up in just a couple of minutes as a way of kind of setting the stage for that let me do a quick preview of of some of what we might discuss and kind of give you just a little bit of a fun thing here for a moment although admittedly uh not everyone's going to think this is necessarily great news if you go to the twitter page of the five-star quarterback dylan riola right now your avatar the picture that you would use for a twitter account riola has made a very interesting choice but the picture he's using here at the moment let me show you this on the screen for those of you watching on video it's riola taking a snap at center uh and he's got a towel that shows a georgia g on it we can zoom in on this i think give you a better image yeah uh there it is that's the georgia g on the dylan riola towel now let me bring all of our audience up to speed on something here for a moment because you know recruiting is one of those things that different people follow at a different level of intensity there are some georgia fans who would say i think there are less of these people than there used to be but there are still some Georgia fans who would say, hey, man, I don't care about any of these guys until they get to Georgia. Until they sign, until they get on campus, I don't care about them at all. Used to be that was a little bit more prominent type thing. I would say that now in 2023, recruiting's gone a little bit more mainstream. So the the type of person who doesn't care about recruiting at all, that 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 group is getting smaller and smaller and smaller by the year. But let's just say that to a certain extent, those people exist. There is also kind of a, I guess, sort of a middle-of-the-pack recruiting person who follows recruiting enough to know who Dylan Riola is and follows recruiting enough to obviously hope a guy like Riola comes to Georgia or whoever the Dylan Riola of any given year is, but they don't quite go as extreme as other people do. Now, there's another category, and I would say I'm probably in this category, and I would say a good number of you are in this category there as well, that you are deeply obsessed with the idea of this because in the months of March and April, May and June, that's sort of the only college football we get. And so you got to have something to sort of obsess over. And so a lot of these recruiting storylines are things that you obsess over. Now, to the category of people who are like super obsessed with recruiting, there are things that they think that we think that the sort of more casual minded recruiting observer would not really understand because at face value, if you see Dylan Riola with the Georgia G on his towel, the casual recruiting observer would say, "Oh man, that's great! This guy's showing the Georgia G on his uh, on his on his on, on his towel as he's playing quarterback. That's his that's his choice for a Twitter avatar. This must be a done deal. Fresh off a UGA visit, showing off the G in his Twitter profile pic. There you go, Dylan Riola's coming to Georgia. However, and those of you who kind of live in that sort of obsessed with recruiting category, understand that. Listen, over the course of the years, I don't know that anything has proven to be." a more reliable false positive than athletic gear from time to time we've seen what owen popo dressed head to toe in georgia a day before committing to auburn aubrey solomon's mouthpiece the big georgia g and obviously you know after flirting with georgia a couple of times he ended up going elsewhere a couple of different times over the course of the uh the ages and so there 
there is and if you don't follow recruiting to like the obsessive level you don't understand this but to the obsessed georgia recruiting observer they sort of view the g on the towel for riola as probably bad news like this is sort of the kiss of death in some respects to all of them but nonetheless it is out there and more seriously there's been some reporting as of late about the fact that the month of june will kick off for georgia with an official visit by dylan riola and here's the thing about the the five-star quarterbacks and when jeff Sintel joins us a little bit later on a lot of what we talk about is going to be centered around this is that there's a gravitational pull that the big time quarterback has that if riola is going to take his official visit to georgia at the beginning of june we believe that he is then that's also the kind of thing that brings a bunch of other players onto campus at that same time so if if the Riola Georgia thing is real, and if there's you know some idea that relationship could flourish here, then what kind of coattails would Riola have, and who are some of the biggest playmakers who would both be on campus when Riola visits? You know, kind of have been swayed to Georgia because of the fact that Riola has been kind of in the mix here, and what does all that mean going forward? There's also some new reporting out there about some of those guys there as well. So we'll do a lot of that with Jeff Sintel here coming up. So the bottom line on this conversation here right now is, hey, Dylan Riola on Twitter got the, the the georgia g on his towel that's his that's his that's his profile pick to the casual person the average fan they're like hey that guess must be good news to the more obsessed recruiting observer uh that's the last thing they want to see and that's what makes recruiting conversation so odd i guess for people who do not follow them but we'll do more with that with jeff Sintel coming up in just a moment what do you say prior to that we shift gears and talk about something else here and i mentioned this yesterday for our golden shoe that i was so happy to see Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb back on campus for UGA this week and loved seeing um, uh, Dale McGee showing that off. In fact, I'll show you this picture here one more time if you're watching on video of McGee hanging out with uh, Chubb and Michelle. Uh, McGee saying it's awesome having Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb. He tags them in the building today. RBU, not just a hashtag. We are family. And he gives you the go dogs. And of course, you love seeing that G populate right there in the caption when you use that hashtag here right now on Twitter. I guess that's the the spoils that come when you're the reigning national champion. And you love all of that. There's also a really cool video that Georgia shared of Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle kind of touring some of the facilities and, and, and doing some things like that. So that was all really good. Now, there are a couple of points I was kind of wanting to make about this because I just love having Chubb and Michelle back, two of my all-time favorites. I would say most of you kind of feel that way there, too here's the first point i think we need to respect like program royalty and i think in some respects it's important to know that nick chubb and sony michelle definitely count as that and i think when you tell the story of what george has done in 2021 what george has done in 2022 telling the story of these guys as bedrock foundation type men for what ultimately resulted in national championships that a lot of that began with their decision to return to georgia in their senior year in 2017 in the case of nick chubb it's one more year removed from injury in the case of sonny michelle it's a chance to kind of really establish a legacy for himself that probably didn't exist for him you know prior to that they helped georgia win the sec make the college ball playoff for the very first time uh come very close to winning the national championship but in coming that close to winning the national championship even though they didn't bring home the trophy Coming close to winning that national championship, I think, unlocked a level of belief for the Georgia program, the players, the coaches in that program, the fans, the boosters, the supporters, the donors around the program that ultimately a few years later would result in what we now have is back-to-back national championships. And I've played this clip for you before, but as it relates to Chubb and Michelle, 
the disappointment they had or the disappointment that maybe Kirby Smart had in the fact that, that, that they came just a little bit short of winning the national championship, boy, doesn't it seem like they created a fuel that has fired this program ever since then? Uh, let's go back to 2017. After that heartbreaking loss to Alabama, this is what Kirby said about Chubb and Michelle, the two guys in that picture from a moment ago. This is what he said after that night uh, in January of 2018 to conclude the 2017 season. Here's Kirby Smart. We told our team that this game wouldn't be decided by past traditions or, or anything else. It was going to be decided by performances that were happening on the field. And our guys performed on the field, competed. You know, I, I can't say enough about the remarkable senior class. These two young men sitting, this, sitting next to me, they meant more to Georgia than yards. A lot of heart and soul, a lot of fire. Sonny Michelle came over and talked to the group several times during the game, inspired those guys. But in overtime, we didn't finish when we had to, and Alabama did. And to give them credit, but I think everybody can see that Georgia's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I'm very proud of this team and this university, and we're not going anywhere. This is obviously one of the saddest games in Georgia history and not, frankly, a pleasant game to go back and reconsider for your UGA fan, but that statement from Smart at the end there, that's one of those things that you ought to revisit because you can't tell the story of 2021 and 2022 without telling the story of Chubb, Michelle, their involvement in 2017, and as Kirby Smart said, establishing Georgia as a force to be reckoned with, establishing Georgia as the kind of team that Kirby Smart could step up and say, hey, you may have gotten us this year, but we're not going anywhere. And to be able to say that and have that be true – you don't get that great, um, you know, that, that, that great start to your program without the contribution from guys like Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. So one of the things I love is every time they come back to a football game, they get a huge ovation. They deserve it. And when they show up in the springtime like they did here this week, they ought to get, you know, big time recognition uh, from that, too. And so we wanted to do that there uh, just for a quick moment. Now, there's also this. When I see Dale McGee cheesing in the photograph with Chubb and Michelle talking about RBU to me that kind of gets my blood uh, uh, you know kind of flowing in a way right I mean I think all of us kind of feel that way we like the idea of Georgia's RBU we like the history and the heritage that Georgia's had there and to me in what is kind of in a lot of ways a year of transition for the Georgia offense I think that the transition from Todd Munkin as great as he was to Mike Bobo who we also think can be a very good offensive coordinator there as well I think this can also be an invitation to sort of reestablish some of the RBU roots for Georgia here uh, a, a little bit, because if you want to go back and look at the end of the tenure for Mike Bobo, the first time he's Georgia offensive coordinator, you saw some things that you really liked. I mean, in Bobo's last year, Georgia, they averaged almost 42 points per game. They led the SEC in scoring that particular year. And part of the formula for how they did that was by averaging uh, 257.85 yards per game on the ground this is a guy who really kind of transformed himself as an offensive coordinator from a guy that maybe some people at one point in time thought was sort of a throw first guy to a guy that really showed his ability to use running backs and nobody wants george in 2023 to be three yards in a cloud of dust to be you know kind of run first run always you know uh you know ground and pound you know man you know ball type thing to use a phrase that's been used before but incorporating some of the best of what georgia used to be as rbu with the kind of newfound passing success that georgia's had over the course of the last couple of years if you could pair those two things together wouldn't that border on essentially being unstoppable you know we think of the sport now as a situation where offenses are trying to put defenses in conflict make them make a guess about what you might do and make them guess wrong as much as possible and that's how you move the ball down the field that's how you score points and you know for as good as Georgia has been offensively the last couple of years I do think there is more room for better 
rushing attack without sacrificing anything from the passing attack. I think you could do more of that. I think the invitation with Mike Bobo as offensive coordinator is to bring some of that back. And guess what? It's not just me that says that. The Georgia running backs themselves, it seems like they've noticed that too. So since we're kind of celebrating RBU right now, since Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle were um, you know, on campus here this week, Let's hear from Kendall Milton, who saw Bobo working with Chubb and Michelle back during their freshman season of 2014. And Kendall Milton says, hey, uh, I'd like to have some of that myself. This is Kendall Milton, what the offense for the dogs can look like this year. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to, uh, you know, partake in this office with Coach Bobo. Um, just seeing what he's put on in the past, just seeing the success that running backs have had in his offense, it just makes me excited. It makes me want to, you know, just, you know, go out there and just, just keep balling out, just keep working hard because the opportunities on the table, um, for me, I feel like I've seen that, just seeing how much he's ran the ball and the stats in his past offenses. So, you know, I'm excited for this year. I'm excited not just for myself, but for the whole offense to be able to go out there one last time and be able to have fun with the guys. What he's referencing is Nick Chubb, the the guy we were just talking about, playing with Bobo in 2014, even though Chubb didn't begin the year as the starting quarterback, and even though Todd Gurley was also on this team, Chubb ran for 1,547 yards in 2014. He averaged 7.06 yards per carry. Sonny Michelle, who was you know used less as a freshman than, than, than Chubb was, still averaged 6.41 yards per carry himself. So Mike Bobo has shown you the ability as an offensive coordinator to incorporate a great rushing attack for Georgia before, and I would like to see some of that here this year. I love the idea of Georgia being RBU. Now, I also like the fact they're throwing it to guys like Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkie and introducing Dominic Lovett and guys like that into the offense too. I don't want that to disappear, but if you could keep that and also add this, this could be a Georgia offense that's really, really fun to watch. It could be the kind of Georgia offense where if you're an opposing defense, they get you with the left hand, they get you with the right hand, they just get you every way possible. And for an offense that was almost impossible to stop a year ago, that tradition could continue with a slightly different makeup here in 2023. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Kroger, and we are happy to have you with us no matter how you get to us today live on video uh we come to you 945 first and 15 dognation.com dognation app 10 a.m after that facebook youtube twitter twitch on the radio at noon on athens sports radio 96 the ref and we're available as a podcast wherever you find them the apple player spotify google player all kinds of just various podcast platforms post show every day dognation.com um just lots of different ways for you to get in touch with us we just appreciate you doing that however you do uh dog nation daily presented by kroger here today and by the way speaking of kroger thanks to them for making it all possible of course one of the things that kroger also wants to do for you is take two things that you probably don't feel like you have enough of that's time and money and find a way to kind of get more out of the time and the money you have and one of the great ways they do that was, the, was with a membership opportunity they call kroger boost now you've maybe heard me talk about kroger boost before but you're really not quite so sure what it would mean for you and your family to be able to be Kroger Boost members. So why not do this? Take advantage of an opportunity to enjoy Kroger Boost membership for free for 30 days and experience all the things that come your way as a Kroger Boost member. You can save up to $1,000 a year by earning twice the fuel points on the stuff you're already buying there at Kroger. You can also get free grocery delivery there as well. You can try this for free for 30 days. Here's what I want you to do. Go to Kroger.com slash boost for more on this. That is Kroger.com slash boost. And uh, you can check all of that out today. Kroger.com slash boost for a lot more on that. All right. We're going to get Jeff Sintel here coming up in a moment. We'll talk to him 
about more on the Dylan Riola situation and the other things going on with UGA recruiting. That is all coming up here in just a little bit. Prior to that, I want to go around the doghouse. And yesterday we talked a little bit about uh, Kirby Smart making an appearance at the Making Touchdown Club. And I thought there was some really fun stuff from that. We kind of touched on a couple of things from the Q&A thing yesterday. We'll maybe touch on some more of that here over the course of the next couple of days. Yesterday we talked about what Kirby said about quarterbacks and kind of trying to extrapolate, okay, what can we take from some of what we've learned? How do we compare the Georgia situation to other quarterback competitions that are going on around college football? You can do uh, – you can go back here yesterday's show and kind of get a lot more on that. I thought that was kind of interesting. But – one of the main, uh, I guess, focuses of Kirby's conversation there with the Making Touchdown Club this week is, you know, George is always, you know, kind of approaching seasons with a certain kind of mindset. And there's typically kind of a catchphrase or two that Kirby kind of throws out there as a way of establishing all of that. And there was some of this in that Making Touchdown Club meeting that Kirby was a part of earlier this week. And the lead into all of that is, and if you're a Georgia fan, this is good news for you. And if you're a non-Georgia fan or if you're one of Georgia's opponents competitors for SEC championships or national championships this is very bad news the same way that Kirby Smart after 2017 national title law said that Georgia doesn't have any plans of going anywhere after back-to-back national championships Georgia once again apparently has no plans of going anywhere no plans of slowing down every bit is focused on the the task of continuing to win the same way it always has, Kirby Smart letting that be known with the Making Touchdown Club on, uh, I guess it was Monday, it was earlier this week. Uh, here's a brief snippet of Kirby talking about just that. And I felt really comfortable that we were going to have a really good football team, okay? I've said this repeatedly, we are built to sustain, not to be a one-hit wonder. I love that. We're built to sustain, not to be a one-hit wonder. And what Smart is saying there is actually a reference to what he said to those folks a year ago, because I guess he makes the yearly appearance down there in middle Georgia uh, for all of this. And he said that, and I remember he also said something like this at SEC Media Days too, of, hey, we're not trying to do this one time. We're, trying to, we're not trying to be a one-hit wonder. We're trying to come back and compete year after year after year. And what Smart is in so many words saying there is, hey, what I told you a year ago has proven itself to be true, and I'm repeating that same thing here this year there as well. I told you last year that this wasn't going to be just one thing for us. We're going to come back and try to do that again uh, in, in, in the following year and every year after that. And here we are two years in a row. The same mindset exists. And Smart went into detail on uh, Monday night, I guess it was Monday, about, you know, kind of what they try to cultivate from a mindset standpoint to allow them after two straight national championships to stay as hungry as possible coming back and trying to win again in 2023, as we say around here, go for three in 23. And you know, there are kind of two kinds of people in the world. They're sort of people who kind of like some of this motivational type stuff. And there's some people who kind of think it's corny, kind of roll their eyes at it or sort of cynical about it. I have to admit, I, there is an extent to which I do kind of like some of this kind of stuff. I mean, I'll take a great mindset over a good education any day of the week, right? It's like, you know, having the right mindset approach to life, I would say trumps almost any kind of book learning you could possibly ever do. My own life, I would say, is a pretty good testament to that, I would like to think. Uh, so I'm, I, I, pretty, I have a pretty high value of establishing the right mindset for yourself no matter what it is you're trying to accomplish and that, certainly that's true for football team and mike griffith actually wrote a story about this dognation.com you can go read it of the stuff that smart talked about in terms of how they're kind of trying to kind of cultivate that mindset for themselves here uh, this uh, particular season and one of the things they're using i guess the source of motivation is the most successful rugby team of all time from down in new zealand and there's i guess books about them and things like that and so using the tenets that's made this rugby team successful, uh, Georgia trying to, I guess, kind of use that as a way of 
sharpening their own focus for the upcoming season. And one thing in particular that Smart talked about was, so I, I guess the phrase that the rugby team uses is, uh, you know, the willingness to sweep the sheds. In other words, even though you may be a great athlete and even though you may be, you know, you know, great at what you do, are you humble enough to go out and, you know, clean up, you know, after yourself? Are you hungry enough, uh, humble enough to go out there and, and as they say, sweep the shed? Kirby Smart has sort of changed this to, are you humble enough, hungry enough to want to eat off the floor? In other words, if you're hungry enough that you'll eat food off the floor, then you'll stay humble enough to do the great work that needs to be done to, to, to succeed at the highest level. I think that's kind of a good thing. And it's one of those deals where a lot of what Kirby says, obviously, is one of the reasons why people like coaches so much. A lot of what Kirby says has a translation that extends beyond just football. So when I posted yesterday's show at dognation.com, I put a link to this uh, YouTube deal that got put out of uh, Kirby talking about this. And you can read the story from uh, Mike Griffith at dognation.com. So, you know, it's cool to see the focus maintained for Georgia the way that it is. This is a team that would have every right to get complacent, maybe some teams in sports might after two straight national championships. But it sounds like what Georgia's trying to push right now is, much like the 2022 team believed that this was their opportunity to have their own legacy for themselves, and for some guys, a chance to have a legacy as a two-time national champion. The 2023 team is kind of adopting what seemed the same type of deal here, where they don't inherit what the last two Georgia teams did. They have to go out and establish this for themselves. And the reward for doing so is a special legacy of guys who step up and have a chance to play more on a national championship team than maybe they have the last couple of years. Or for guys who've been here for a while, like a Brock Bauer, some of those guys, a chance to say, wow, they won three straight national championships and the essentially the only players in modern college football history to ever be able to do that so it takes the right kind of mindset to even make a dream like that a possibility and it sounds like georgia right now is doing everything it can to make that mindset a very real possibility so good stuff there from kirby smart read more about that at dognation.com all right we're ready to talk to a jeff Sintel and do some UGA recruiting with him. Before we do that and bring on Jeff, I know he's ready. Can I give a quick shout out to our friends at the UGA Alumni Association here for a moment because they got a really good thing going on. We've talked about this for a good number of years here. It's the 24-hour day of giving coming up for the UGA Alumni Association. You've heard me talk about them before. You know what they do. They support the University of Georgia, and it can be a great network for Georgia grads to kind of connect with each other, but it can also be a great, uh, I guess, you know, catalyst to sort of support the University of Georgia there as well because the fundraising that that the UGA Alumni Association does goes to help you know UGA really kind of be the beacon for learning and 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 things like that that makes so many of us so proud of what the University of Georgia means to our state and for many of you so proud of what it means for you as an alma mater this great work the UGA Alumni Association does right now uh kind of helps power all of that for the future so I want you to be aware of the big day of giving coming up on March 30th it's a great way to show your pride in UGA and join with thousands of other UGA grads and uh, dog fans who are giving to the University of Georgia, showing their support for UGA. Great time to do that. It comes up for 24 hours on March 30th. So you can go to uh, UG, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's gail.uga.edu. That's gail.uga.edu for more on that. One, one more time, gail.uga dot edu for the big day of giving 24-hour day of giving here coming up uh for the ug alumni association make sure you check all of that out all right speaking of giving jeff sintel is now going to give us some of his time on uga recruiting the latest on dylan riola was the uh georgia g towel picture was that a kiss of death in the recruitment as some georgia fans might think we'll find out about that 
and a whole lot more on a more serious note about some of the receivers that might be moved by some of what we're hearing about Raiola as of late, including a uh, receiver recently on campus for the dogs there as well. So a lot to cover. Let's do it all as welcome in Jeff Sintel here today on Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Say hello to Jeff Sintel, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. And, Jeff, there's a couple things I want to talk about with Dylan Raiola. One of them not quite so serious. One of them a little bit more serious. Uh, as someone who's recovered recruiting for as long as you have, you know how some fans feel that the apparel oftentimes is, at the very least, a false positive, if not the outright kiss of death. We've seen, uh, you know, Owen Popo dressed head to toe in George gear just about 24 hours prior to uh, selecting Auburn. Uh, how many times did Aubrey Solomon play wearing the Georgia G mouthpiece? Obviously, uh, he didn't choose uh, Georgia with his recruitment. You can cite plenty of examples of this. What did you make then of the uh, Twitter picture of uh, Dylan Riola with the uh, Power G on the towel, fresh off having taken a visit to Georgia this past weekend? Mm, Brandon, that's good stuff to start out with. Uh, good morning to everybody, uh, Dog Nation. Um, well, let me tell you this. Would you, would you be um, – Terrorized to know that with with Dylan Raiola uh, has a workout or a throwing session with his new team or anybody when he's working with trainers or whatever, he brings along one of those really awesome uh, boom boxes now. I don't know if you saw them. Um, they, they literally look like the size maybe of a briefcase, maybe two briefcases yeah. wide. Um, there's a there's a there's a given name for it now. There's a patented or trademark name. But that boom box is all in Nebraska Cornhuskers. So, I mean, maybe, Brandon, if you've got tea leaves on one, maybe the curses and the, the, the specters of doom kind of cancel each other out. I think Dylan uses the boombox because it's a pretty stinking cool boombox, and it Bluetooth, and it'll connect to his playlist, and it's really cool. And um, I, I think the towel is a, a matter of convenience. But having said that, Brandon, um, that was a sizable visit. Um, I don't know if people saw Hedges this week, but for the first time, I moved Dylan Ryle up to number one on the top target list. Oh, so, after that yeah, so there you go. That That's certainly insight into how you feel about all this. And there's also plenty of reporting out there right now about that beginning of June official visit for Riola here there as well. So, you know, this is one of those deals where I think the Georgia fans have been trying to kind of wrestle with all this of, you know, is this seeming momentum? Is it real? You know, there's also been you know chatter out there that's had to be um i guess confronted as it relates to riola and usc you know you know you know maybe right now it seems like uga usc have kind of come to the forefront with nebraska with the family tie kind of maybe falling by the wayside here just a little bit and that's just my interpretation of that it's not any actual reporting on my side i'm just saying that's how i interpret what's going on as of late but all of this seems to be heading towards a, a big pivotal moment at the beginning of the month of june where georgia gets that chance to impress raiola again is that is that kind of the lay of the land right now yeah um brandon that's kind of been the hint hint buzz for weeks and maybe even months um, actually, when I spoke, I spoke to the Rayolas this week, I got a chance to confirm that uh, they're, they're fine with it coming out public, I guess, it's the June uh, 2nd through the 4th date. We had this on Hedges this week, Brandon. I don't know if you saw it, but um, let, let, let's permit me, Brandon, with, with you and Dog Nation now. Let's go up the tee box, and I'm going to walk you through an exercise, and let's hope that we can find the fairway. Uh, when I when I think of G, when you think of the June A one A recruiting visit weekend, I started calling it the Oscars. Uh, really, the big one so far was last year. So here's my first question for you: 
Brandon, what do you, what's your takeaway? What's your um, what's the feeling left after last year's official visit weekend when everybody and their brother and their brother's five star came to town? What's the how do you feel about that? Looking back on it now. Well, when you look back, we talked about some last week. When you look back on it, you know, obviously it was great to get those guys on campus at the same time, but it probably didn't end up being quite as fruitful a week as some Georgia fans would have hoped for. And obviously, Arch Manning was probably the biggest example of that, I guess. And that's the thing, Brandon. Perfect, perfect exercise there. You striked at 295. There was a little bit of a draw, but it was perfect right in the middle of the fairway. Well, well, I went back and looked at that. And so. What is this thing you remember, the ones you miss or whatever? Yeah. But so I went back and looked at it, and high-profile miss in Arch Manning, high-profile miss in Justice Haynes, high-profile miss in Caleb Downs, high-profile miss in Jalen Hale, another wide receiver. So those were big. But then I kind of calculated, and Brandon, these weren't the commits there that weekend. These were the targets. Georgia got A.J. Harris. Um, Damon Wilson just kind of showed up on an unofficial for three days, and it was every bit felt like an official visit to him and his family. Uh, Raylan Wilson got him. C.J. Allen got him. Uh, you keep going on down the list, and you, you realize there were, Brandon, there were ten uh, major, major targets for Georgia in that, in that class that first weekend. T.J. Uh, Shanahan was another one, so I think the number goes to 11. Um, Georgia hit on five of those. So when you're bringing five stars in and that many five stars in and you're batting over 500, that's a pretty good pull when you're talking about the nation's top prospects. Of course, Georgia would have loved to add two or three or four more of those names. Uh, but I think the dogs are going to be just fine with what they settled on in that gargantuan 2023 class. Now, let's fast forward into this year. I, I calculated this list. I started putting it together and projecting names for this weekend, Brandon. Um, and there's about two or three five stars I left off because I'm not kind of comfortable right now advancing maybe where they're feeling publicly. But, Brandon, there could be like eight five stars there that weekend. Uh, Jeremiah Smith, uh, Dylan Raiola, uh, Ryan Wingo, Williams Winery, Demarcus Reddit, uh, Ellis Robinson will be there. Ellis Robinson's actually in town this weekend, the highest ranking recruit in the class. So, what we thought last year, you know, what's that phrase on social media now with all these memes, Brandon, where you, Hold my beverage. Let's clean it up for the young folks listening right now. Hold my beverage. Well, sure. this year is going to top everything Georgia did last year. I mean, it's literally they, they better have a red carpet, man, because there literally could be 15 top 100 players in Athens for that June recruiting weekend. And when it's all planned because everybody wants to get together, they want to look around, they want to take that group photo, and they say, well, what can we win now with all these guys in there? Well, maybe three, four, five in a row. Something like that. Um, really – cement a true dynasty in Athens uh, with all the type of talent that will be in town. And, Brandon, let's be honest, the number one quarterback in the country is a lightning rod and a catalyst for all those guys wanting to show up because people are telling me, Brown was there, then they're going to have to be there as well because it's going to be a big thing. Well, let's transition on that exact point. You know, you had a great story this week with Ryan Wingo, terrific five-star receiver, you know, recently at Georgia. There's been a little bit of chatter about Mike Matthews this week and, you know, Jeremiah Smith's name that kind of comes up from time to time. You know, the obvious offshoot of the quarterback conversation is who are the wide receivers who are potentially swayed here? So let's talk a little bit about that. We'll use your story as Wingo as kind of a springboard for all of this about – you know, the, the, the relationship, the orbit that seems to exist, you know, uh, for Georgia around, um, around Riola, what kind of impact is that having on the, on the big wide receivers for right now, including Ryan Wingo, the guy that you just wrote a story about? 
So really what it does is it adds some more jet fuel or uh, nitrous oxide to what Georgia has already built. And what I mean by that, I've talked to five stars, I've talked to receivers, I've talked to playmakers, and what it is is somehow Georgia, and with all great due privilege respect to Stetson Bennett, I mean, the man's on my Rushmore in Georgia football. I think Nolan Smith has him there as well. But for me, and you hear it, somehow Georgia has been able to accomplish all these things, Brandon, with a quarterback uh, that couldn't win a game for him or, you know, help him beat a team that was maybe 14 points better than Georgia. And the perception here is Raiola is one of those true types of talents that can um, make up a couple of touchdowns of a deficit in a hurry. Uh, are on the scoreboard, and they feel like whatever Georgia has shown so far, and it is considerable, that if they have a true five-star future All-American candidate, future Heisman Trophy candidate, future NFL number one draft pick at the helm, then Georgia can find a couple more clicks to its program, a couple more gears to its game where um, the thought is, Brandon, can you imagine a time where Georgia's offense is better than its defense in Athens? Well, Riola players like Jeremiah Smith, players like Ryan Wingo. Uh, that's how you get there, where Georgia is just as scary with like those Alabama-type receivers and an Alabama or a USC-type quarterback at the hill. Um, it's to the point, man, where the Georgia culture already speaks for itself. Man, Brent, this is the type of, type of week for me where I, I could literally write 12 stories right now if there were three of me. Um, and, you know, one of the things that's about to go up on Dog Nation, almost done, uh, is the right all the perspective on their visit. And they looked at Georgia, and, they, and they, they wanted to check out all the new pieces. They wanted to check out the Bobo piece. They wanted to check out, you know, what Brian McClendon looks like. They wanted to check out uh, a really strong emerging guy in the Georgia uh, staff in terms of Montgomery Van Gorder. Now, I've heard his name a lot recently because Van Gorder, everybody calls him Coach Gummy. He is elevated into the role held by Buster Faulkner. Um, Gummy is really tight with Julian Juju Lewis and his family already. It's a great fit for Georgia putting Gummy in that role. And uh, all those new pieces at Georgia they want to see. But, like, the, the main thing, the main takeaway is I think the Royal family has been there now six times to Athens. And every time they come to Athens, it delivers. It over-delivers. The vibe, how, how the players get after it, how Georgia just does things differently. So for Georgia folks, that are worried about him visiting USC and visiting Oregon and visiting Nebraska. In some ways, Brandon, it is my feeling here. I'm not putting any words in anybody's mouth, but when they see how other teams do it and then they compare it to the standard at Georgia, Georgia's going to come out ahead in that comparison. Very, very interesting. Uh, Georgia also got some good news in the recruiting trail late last week when four-star athlete uh, out of Swainsboro, DeMello Jones, announced his UGA commitment. We don't have a chance to talk about this uh, too much as of yet. Exactly, uh, Jeff, what is Georgia getting in Jones? Oh, man. What can I say, man? He's going to be a guy that perpetuates. And I got a little fun with social media with folks about this because um, I've had some folks tell me, and I've lived in Augusta, I've lived in Savannah, I've lived in North Georgia. I've lived in, obviously, Metro Atlanta, lots of parts of Georgia. And a lot of people have told me that anything below the Nat line, they can consider South Georgia. Or, you know, East Central Georgia is what I hear about maybe where Swainsboro's at. But let me just spit back here. And I, I've told folks on, on our Dog Nation forum, forum.dognation.com, to keep the receipts on this one. First of all, uh, DeMello Jones is going to run track. He's going to run the 100. He's a 4-4 guy. He's probably going to win the state championship in the high jump this year, Brandon. 
because he's already high jumping six feet, two inches. Um, he was the best player on a uh, Final Four uh, basketball team at Swainboro that was basically all guards. He was the leading rebounder. He was the leading scorer. Oh, yeah, and by the way, let's get to the football. He led his team to the state championship game where he was a, a threat to score every time he touched the ball. He ran for over 1,000 yards. Um, he was an incredible, like, safety-type defender. Georgia's going to try him out as a corner, try him out as a, uh, a, a corner first. Fran Brown is doing the recruiting there. And, Brandon, there's been some five-stars that kept coming to Georgia, and yet uh, this young man who probably ranks around number 150 on the rankings, I think he's the top 45 prospect in my book, top 60 prospect in my book. Georgia prioritized him over some five-stars that kept coming to Georgia uh, for this class. But he is a huge kid. He is one of those guys that, you know, wherever he ends up ranked, he wants to enroll early. Uh, he's going to be there for that June the 2nd through 4th weekend as well. But this is one of the bigger names that Georgia was going to be able to pull out of the state of Georgia in a loaded, loaded 2024 class. And he's that – He's that pure athlete type that is going to check a lot of boxes. And then maybe the, maybe the fun part for Georgia fans and the scary part for all the troll fan bases that are watching your program right now is that uh, Georgia takes that electric state high jump champion, thousand yard runner on offense. And they put, they tell that dude to go play defense for Kirby Smart in yeah. Georgia. And that's what's truly special about what Georgia's built there in Athens. Boy, that's exciting. Something else that's exciting, we'll kind of finish on this topic, is been a lot of great content at Dog Nation as of late with the Dog Nation Next Generation series. I know some great videos with you and our good friend Kevin Manziel. You've also had some great written pieces to accompany those there as well. We saw Jordan Hall go up this week. Raylan Wilson's been a part of this there as well. Monroe Freeling, I think I believe, got it, got it kicked off. Uh, Jeff, what are some of your big takeaways after having had a chance to kind of preview the start of the Georgia career for some of these recruits that were very big names for us in conversations like this this time a year ago. Yeah, man, I tell you, uh, Jordan uh, is great. It, I don't, this is one of those moments where I always say, hey, Kirby Smart must be living right or creating his own luck on the recruiting trail with hard work. Of all things of all things that Georgia has done and how they've goosed and amplified the reputation of Georgia football, Jordan Big Baby Hall, who eventually becomes a five-star defensive lineman, of all things, Brandon, his head coach is from Brunswick and is a self-described huge Georgia football fan. And isn't that just fortuitous? Yes, that it type is. of prospect uh, in Jacksonville. And by the way, he sends a shout out to the Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce. He thinks that game should always remain in Jacksonville. But you know, Brandon, I've wrote ten stories on Big Baby because I've, I've been, I've been, I've had a belief that this guy could be the next in line on that defensive line, assembly line for Trey Scott at Georgia. Um, I saw him at the national championship parade. He literally, he loves sunglasses, Brandon, and he literally gave the sunglasses off of his head to a fan that asked for it. Um, the way he works, the way he was humbled early on, he picked up that big baby storyline uh, nickname. He went viral, Brandon, at the All-American Bowl because he was getting Fetty, which is like Fetty Wap, which means slang in hip-hop culture for getting paid, making a lot of money. That was a tribute to Michael Williams. I'm sorry, what did, Williams I'm sorry what did you just say? What did you just say? <laughs> See, this is one of those moments in the show where I'm trying to make sure Brandon's not doodling and he's actually paying attention here. But, like, so there's a thing. You know that thing with Michael Williams? I made the sack last year and he made the gesture where he was, like, maybe throwing money up into the air and everything else like that? Okay. So, 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 so it's called getting Fetty. Fetty Wap, that's the slang in hip-hop culture for getting paid, making a lot of money. There you go. Uh, you're getting Fetty. Um, 
So uh, that's your that uh, part of uh, more modern pop culture is brought to you by Brandon's Serious Mind today. Well, there you Your go. own dog nation daily. There you go. Um, so Michael Williams did it, and he really did it on NBC national broadcast as a tribute to Michael because he was going to join the defensive line group in Athens. Michael, there's a quote in the story on the latest Next Generation story on DogNation.com where he, he talked about how excited he was to be able to play with a young freshman, talented defensive lineman like Jordan Hall. But it went viral, Brandon, because literally he makes the sack and his coaches, he prepped it. He's like, man, you got to be up 21 points. Got to be the first big play you make, first big sack for the defense after you're up 21. And he had collected dollar bills and he stuffed them into his sock. And when he made the play, he literally goes down into his sock and throws up. Uh, he's, he's a smart kid, Brandon. He's very financial, financially savvy. These weren't fives or tens or twenties. These were all ones. And that's what he did. He did that and then went viral on social media. It was planned. It was approved by his coach. But I mean, there's just so much stuff about uh, Big Baby Hall. Um, what he brings to Georgia, what he will do, how he elevated his rankings, much like Mikel Williams did at the All-American Bowl. Um, but we got a chance, and that was probably – I had so much good stuff from his high school coach, Randy Randall Jr., uh, thanks to him for giving me some time. Like, the real good stuff, right? And you know, that stuff that – you know, that Robin Williams moment in Goodwill Hunting where he makes you go like, oh, yeah, that's the good stuff. Well, his high school coach gave me all the good stuff about Jordan – and from a guy that had written like five, six, seven, eight stories about him in the past, um, I learned a lot. And when I can learn a lot about these young men that I've written a lot about for Dog Nation over recruiting cycles, then I hope to be able to bring that to you guys as well. I hope that will be a real treat for everyone to read. I have no doubt it will be a treat for everyone to read. We certainly appreciate your time here today and hope you're getting ready for a great weekend and continue to report on all this fun stuff going on around UGA here right now. So we appreciate you being here on Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger today. We'll look forward to more Next Generation series uh, with our friends at Pella Window and Door of Georgia and, of course, you back here again with us next Friday as well. Hey, man, and everybody, hope we all go out and get Fetties. That means gain uh, marketable and great employment and acquire lots of dollars for our family over the next week until we're back again. Well, there you go. I look forward to doing that there as well. Take it easy, buddy. See you, man. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So I feel like whatever that is, it's sort of like back in the day, we say making it rain. Like this is this just sort of the new way of saying making it rain. Is that you know kind of what that is? I don't know. <laughs> Probably in over my skis on a topic such as that. Nonetheless, though, always fun to get really interesting information. Jeff Sintel, both on the recruits on their way to Georgia and uh, that crop of great recruits who've recently gotten to Georgia and obviously the impact they could have on this 2023 team. Here's the fun thing about a place like Georgia. Yes, you're deep with talent. Yes, you've got some experience that you'll be leaning on. But seemingly in every one of these big seasons, some of the biggest impact made by newcomers to the program, fresh new blood, provide that new energy. And no doubt uh, for Georgia, that class of 2023 going to be much the same way. Can't wait to see how that plays out. And some of that with a chance to see on G-Day. That is one of the things that Kirby was talking about the other day, too, is that they have, what, 21 early enrollees or something like that. It's just become this thing where, you know, folks want to be on campus. They want to get there early. They want to get that college career started. They get extra college paid for when they do that and uh, get a chance to learn the ropes here. And, boy, uh, Georgia's got a great group of guys doing just that right now. We're profiling some of those for you there at Dog Nation. We're also profiling Royal Caribbean Cruises. I found out something kind of exciting. You've heard me talk before 
of that icon of the seas it's the brand new royal caribbean cruise ship the largest cruise ship in the world when it debuts in january sailing out of uh, miami i found out that you know so one of the things that kind of defines a royal caribbean cruise vacation is the great entertainment options that royal caribbean has on board i like live music and royal caribbean will have about seven eight different ways to enjoy live music on any kind of given day or night on board one of their cruise ships they've got you know great shows entertainment and one of the things they do is in a lot of cases they have like a broadway style show that kind of is sort of the signature show for the ship and i found out this week that on icon of the seas the the show they're going to debut now in addition to like the ice skating shows and the high diving shows and things like that in addition to that they're going to have a rendition of wizard of oz as like the centerpiece show taking place in the big main theater therefore icon of the sea he's like that's just an amazing thing to think on a cruise ship while you're enjoying a great vacation that's one of the reasons why i love recommending royal caribbean cruise vacations to you uh talking to uh one of the f- folks around here and he was talking to jessica slater jessica says she's still got folks reaching out to her about the dog nation cruise at this point in time there's just not any room for us on the dog nation cruise i don't believe you can try but i believe we're probably just about booked up on all of that but as you hear me talking about icon of the seas or independence of the seas which we're going to be on you know coming up here in about a month's time uh it can be a real good reminder to you that it's a great time to go ahead and book your own royal caribbean cruise vacation i hope you will do that uh jessica slater a great travel agent to use to do that specially selected for us by royal caribbean so you can give her a call 770-718-9147 that is 770-718-9147 and jessica will get you up and running and ready to go on a great royal caribbean cruise vacation so you head towards the summer maybe a little bit of time to still book a spring break travel of some kind obviously heading towards end of 2023 and into the fall where oftentimes you can get great savings on a cruise and then as we said before january of 2024 the debut of icon of the seas on those seven night sailings going through the caribbean man a lot of great options can't wait to uh explore all of those with you that is our friends at royal caribbean now let's go cruise around the sec with royal caribbean and you know one of the names we've talked about in the recruiting trail as of late is the five-star wide receiver committed to ohio state jeremiah smith Smith had been talking a little bit about Georgia as of late. Seems to have a pretty good relationship with Dylan Riola. But the other thing about Smith is this week he's been photographed and being seen taking a visit to Florida. Now, I do not think that Florida is going to get Jeremiah Smith. But my uh, part of my reason for kind of bringing this up to you and part of what I think is uh, kind of funny about this is the fact that um, Ohio State folks hate this. Like for forever and a day, Ohio State folks, you know, and the Big Ten just operates a little bit different than the SEC. In the in the Big Ten, there's this thought that, hey, once you're committed to a place, you're just supposed to be at that place. You're not supposed to be taking visits. And by the way, there's nothing more unseemly, unseemly in their eyes than SEC school trying to to get committed to big 10 players you know uh you know players committed to big 10 schools such as smith at ohio state you know nothing more unseemly than you know a georgia or a florida going after those players getting them on campus ohio state just hates this stuff ryan day in particular uh just hates this stuff so the fact that jeremiah smith has been out there so much talking about georgia talking about riola now visiting florida you know this drives the folks in columbus crazy so florida i guess for right now can pat them on their their selves on the back and say we got a five-star receiver on campus but ultimately the real story may be here the fact that ohio state has always hated this kind of thing in the case of smith seems like he's giving them the occasional headache here which is kind of funny to consider speaking of florida interesting developments here there's a guy named and i hope i pronounced the last name correctly micah mascua i believe is how you say it this is an offensive lineman former starter at baylor who had transferred to florida well, Mascua had put on uh, social media that he'd intended to transfer 
away from Florida after having really just gotten there. Now, here's the important thing to know. The transfer portal is not open. It opens again in May after spring practice is done. So anybody who declares an intent to transfer right now, all you're doing is basically being Michael Scott and I declare bankruptcy. Like, you can declare whatever you want, but but <laughs> you can't do anything legally or, or within the boundaries of the rules until the transfer portal window opens back up again. So maybe because of that or maybe because of something else, Mascua, the, the tweet that he put out there saying that he was going to transfer, he's actually deleted that tweet. And there's some belief around Gainesville, the University of Florida, that maybe this is a signal that Florida is going to convince him not to transfer. Well, one way or another, folks, this is a mess because Florida, I will tell you, has some major, major issues along its offensive line right now. They had some guys transfer out of the program and, um, you know, by bringing a guy like this who had been a starter at Baylor, they were hoping to kind of solidify themselves and just kind of give some experience. Well, if for whatever reason, he's also kind of recovering from injury and things like that too. So this is kind of a part of that story there as well. But whatever this is, I think creates a level of turmoil for the for the Florida offensive line that's going to be one of the real stories. A lot of folks will look at a, you know, a, a quarterback competition that involves like Graham Mertz and Jack Miller, and you say, boy, there's not exactly a lot of uh, excitement to be had at the quarterback position for Florida right now that's probably true but some of their issues on the offensive line may be one of the things ends up giving the Gators the most trouble here this season and to have a guy that transferred into your program hinting at transferring back out and then deleting that tweet that kind of creates a little bit of a mess there for the University of Florida and obviously anything that's messy for them is funny to us so we will tilt our heads back and laugh a little bit at those lousy stinking gators there on that uh nothing to laugh about though if you're the sec in the ncaa tournament last night not a pretty result you had arkansas you know going down uh, uh hard you had tennessee losing the florida atlantic there as well and you know just a kind of example you know tennessee number one in football but ultimately is all said and done the lost two regular season games number one in baseball you know losing the postseason to notre dame and once again a tennessee team that was near the top of the rankings of basketball ends up now they do make the sweet 16 so that's not nothing but you know ultimately having to um see their season comes a little bit of an unceremonial end last night it was a good night for basketball though obviously probably capped off by the thrilling win for gonzaga against ucla which is great you know uh, certainly for gonzaga but for those of us who are kind of viewing this tournament as a chance to root against alabama and its new found status as a, a basketball school you know you're starting to run out of those teams i've been warning about this for a while and it may end up being true you're starting to run out of teams that you would have said on paper coming into the tournament were a likely threat to beat Alabama. UCLA was another one of those teams uh, taken care of last night at the hands of Gonzaga in the thrilling sort of back and forth kind of classic tournament game. Gonzaga and UCLA have played those games a couple times before in the tournament last night, another chapter in that. But UCLA would have been my pick, sort of my refresh pick starting the Sweet 16 and maybe win the national championship as the non-Alabama option. And now they are gone too. So, you know, this is an Alabama team that entered the tournament as the number one overall seed in what has been kind of thought to be sort of a a more wide open tournament we've had in the past. And the more time passes with Alabama getting ready to play tonight, the more you start to wonder is, hey, is this really going to kind of fall into place for Nate Oates and what has been a little bit of a controversial team? We've talked about some of the stuff as it relates to Nick Saban and Saban's attempt to walk all of that back. But that doesn't change the fact this Crimson Tide basketball team has been controversial and they are, are going to play tonight for a chance to move on with a lot of their competition one seeds two seeds falling by the wayside uh alabama uh looking to roll on we'll see them play there tonight and for now we'll make that cruising around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean now 
here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. Obviously, the weather is beautiful today. Folks getting ready for a great weekend, hoping to be outside. And for me, when I am outside, there is nothing that I enjoy more than taking a little bit of finished long drink with me. Many of you are the same way. That is why on this show, we love to feature the finished long drink on Fridays as we close out the week for a feature that we call the Big Finish. You enjoying the finished long drink, having yourself a great weekend, no matter where you are, by the way, right now. It's amazing how uh, accessible the finished long drink has become. In fact, let me show you this as a part of our Big Finish here today. Uh, Seth Rhodes, who calls, goes by Seth O'Fed on uh, Twitter, pointing out, imagine my delight when I see a long drink zero sugar while working in Washington State. How about that for Seth? First of all, great to have him up in the Pacific Northwest uh, checking in from work there. And you, there you see the long drink zero. He says go for three and 23. Hashtag HBTFD. Hashtag go dogs there as well. Enjoying the uh, finished long drink uh, zero sugar as he does all of that. So we appreciate that from Seth and appreciate all of you who are enjoying the finished long drink wherever you might be. In fact, if you hear Seth talking about it, if you've heard me talking about it, you want to try some for yourself, you can go to thelongdrink.com and find out where you can pick some up. You can also find find out about the four different long drink varieties including the zero sugar option uh no carbs no calories in all of that uh how about the uh, long drink uh cranberry the great cranberry flavor long drink strong eight and a half percent alcohol by volume i know some of y'all like that and of course probably my favorite the blue can it's the traditional it's got the grapefruit flavor the gin kick i tell you it, it goes great with an outdoor weekend like this is a lot of folks get ready to try to enjoy that so if you're gonna be playing golf if you're gonna be hanging out on a patio somewhere wherever you're gonna be the long drink is a great thing to take with you or have with you when you get there thelongdrink.com to find out more on that so great golden shoe today from a uh, great part of our listening community his name's ryan walker and he uh, has a very cool thing to share with us here. So I want to show this to you on the screen here. Remember the great former dog, Clarence K? Uh, well, Ryan writes in to say, this is my godfather, Clarence K's helmet from 1980 through 1983. He says the helmet has seen three national championship games and brought home one. Obviously, going back to reference that great time in the early 80s. He says, people talk about 1980. I own a piece of it. And my parents turned my old room into a dog palace. He says, now George's got a three-peat on deck. Boy, isn't that great? First of all, that helmet just gives me all the right feels. Man, I love the stars in the back that takes me back to my childhood. I love the face mask. A lot of you remember Clarence K went on to a great career with the Denver Broncos as well. Uh, how about that great, great uh, piece of Georgia football history? Certainly golden shoe worthy for Ryan Walker. Ryan, I appreciate you sharing that. Let me tell you something. The Florida Gators, though, they don't have that history. Uh, they don't have any of that. In 218 days from right now, they get another whooping at the hands of the uh, Georgia Bulldogs. You love that. Dealing it out to the lousy, stinking Gators. Uh, that is our Gator Hater Countdown. We hope all of you have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. We will look forward to talking to you then.